As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. That's right, it's episode 316, and we are going to be talking about a couple of, well, one found footage and one uh, faux documentary from horror that are kind of underground, actually, that you might or may not have seen, might or might not. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, one of these I picked up, actually, for the month of uh, December, January, and I thought to, to... Watch it with you guys because it's a movie that I think is way underrated. And one of these is one we didn't know at uh, Ryan suggested. We're going to be watching home movies from 2008. And Savage Land from 2015. That's correct. I was hoping you were going to say the right date because it's a little confusing because that that movie had weird distribution issues for a little while. All these little little movies do, huh? Yeah, our friends over at MVD Entertainment actually put it out on distribution in uh, in 2018 or 2019. So it got re-picked up again because they wanted to put it out on theirs uh, for MVD Visual at the time, which I think they've changed now to just MVD Entertainment Group. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I haven't seen home movies at all. Home movie, you mean? Oh, sorry, home movie, yeah. Which is a very hard movie to find if you're not searching for it properly. You can find both of these movies on YouTube or Tubi, I believe. Um, so if you want to like try to find them, you can watch them there. I found two different versions of Savage Land on 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 there. So uh, you know, I was like, "Wow, that's pretty cool." You know, mm-hmm. and at least some. I, mean, I think one of them is in 1080p. Mm-hmm. So because I got the DVD, so but yeah, right. the Savage Land was a pretty popular one when Christina and I used to watch this UFO channel. Uh, we had heard about it before he mentioned it, I think, right? Right, yeah. Because we watched it originally when it first came out. Right. Like, you know, it was widely available. Was that, was I still doing the podcast? Yeah, it was. It was like right before he started it. It was like 20, yeah, 2015, 2016. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was around there. Yeah. Definitely around there. It was probably right, right before you started this podcast. But yeah, I actually like to find movies that are sometimes an experience. And I realized that, you know, sometimes movies may not be like the number, you know, a high number movie. 
and I'm not saying these ones in particular, but just some movies in general are just an experience that you get to experience, and then it's really never the same. And some of these movies, like Skinamarink and The Outwaters and things like that, that a lot of people are really upset about, I think people are coming at it from an angle that is like, you know, the tried and true movie direction. And really it's about just kind of experiencing something new and outside of the box a little bit. You know, even if it's not your favorite thing, it's okay because, you know, sometimes these experiences have a way of like sticking with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Whereas some of these other movies that you might have watched and thought were really decent, you might forget. You just don't know. So it's hard. It's very hard to to put a number on these kind of things a lot of times like the Blair Witch I mean for Christ's sake I I can't put that movie down even though I don't enjoy watching it as much anymore right do you know what I mean like it's like exactly it's hard to do the same thing with the last broadcast for many people that was that was an experience right yeah and that's because at the time we hadn't experienced anything like that so that stuff that may seem kind of hokey and weird and fake to you now of course it is right we've gotten better at it it didn't age well yeah it's just these are things that don't age well over time and so really i guess what i'm trying to say is that grab onto some of these experiences i think ahead of time while you can and just you know, just enjoy it for what it is, even if it isn't something you like, you know, I think just being open to this kind of thing is kind of interesting. Now, granted, there are regular movies that I can try to do that with and just enjoy the experience, too. I think I'm a little bit more open to most movies, right? Oh, yeah. You know, like like Nick said, I was uh, kid gloved about fucking some of my reviews and stuff, but he didn't understand why I approach it that way. Right. Um, you know, because... There's a lot of elements that you take into consideration. Well, there's a lot of faux cynicism, too. You know what I mean? Like, like people who love movies that just want to put them down because it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And some of them do it in a loving way. Like, I would say, what? Like, Mystery Science Theater 3000 kind of did. Right. You know, where it's like they loved these movies and it was just fun to to just enjoy them together like that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even some of the red letter guys, you know, even though they can be pretty heavy handed on some of the insulting stuff on it. I think overall, I think they're pretty nicer about it than than most people might be. But yeah, um, they also chalk it up for the entertainment value as well. So, but I don't know. It's just something to think about. You know, it's just something that's been on my mind the past few weeks because, man, if you guys saw some of my YouTube comments (laughs) were on some of these movies that I reviewed and uh, the Outwaters got a really good. um, We got a lot of people watching that review. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people really just don't understand where I'm coming from. And they think there's this like right or wrong answer. There isn't. Mm-hmm. It isn't. You know, I spoke about this with uh, one of my uh, Twitch uh, list. Well, someone that listens to our podcast, I can't think of their name, their regular name, but their name, <laughs> we call them six on uh, on uh, the Twitch streams. And we were talking about this and like how some movies have sort of a destiny that you kind of expect from something like Michael Myers and why we didn't like Halloween ends. And we got really into that mm-hmm. and why we expected something better and. Mm-hmm. You know, but we didn't hate people for enjoying it. You know, just, I don't know. Just, just everybody has a different experience because they come from somewhere else, you know. Right. But I don't know. Do you have a movie that, that kind of changed your mind in your life that you were like hands down against? Or maybe one that I introduced you to that you thought about later. Oh, no. Um, I went a long time without watching Paranormal Activity because I thought it was, I thought it was just a stupid concept. Right. And then actually uh, on one of, when I did that show with Matt. Um, we got 
tickets to the sequel, and I was like, fuck, better watch the first one now. Got to, and I loved it. Really? I loved it. You had a preconceived notion yeah. about it. Yeah. Just because you thought, you thought, oh, they're just trying to fucking lie to me. Do you well, think? Well, no, I or? think I was just being snotty about it. The whole, it's the whole found footage thing. Right. You know, and you're just A lot like, of people oh, take it really personally. Yeah, a lot of people really do, but I really like what they did with it and the, and the ghost shit with it too. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It I'm not saying scary. everybody that doesn't like found footage is taking it too personally. I'm just saying. Oh, and there's a lot of bad found footage out there. Oh of my course. God. Yeah. yeah. That's the funny thing is I belong to the found footage horror group in, in Facebook and a lot of them, you know, like, you know, God bless them. <laughs> I had to leave that group. Well, it's because it's just it's just whenever you get a large group of anybody, you're going to get some right. of the worst and some of the best. Right. And, and you're going to get a lot of people who are going to be vocal nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, like I was like, you know, let's be honest, like found footage has a lot of really bad shit in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy some of that shit. I've seen movies that were done on four hundred dollars that I respect, like the fear footage films. Right. I fucking love those movies. Right. I don't know why. It's just something I root for, something that really kind of scared me and spooked me a little bit, even if it was a jump scare kind of film or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just wish I could create something half as good as that on on even 10 times as much money. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> stuff like that. I don't know. It just gets me thinking about stuff. So is there any other movies that you think? Oh, of? Yeah, I know. You want me to say. No, I have no idea. Yeah. You want me to say horror in the high desert. Oh, because... no. But that is a good one because I did put that in my review, actually. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's a it's a faux doc. Right. It's a, one of those faux doc horror movies. That Alex told me was true. Yeah. A true documentary. Dude. And I believed him up until a I point. told her. I was like, every day. I'm like, every time we mention that, a I'm like. A fucking cheesy ass scene. I was like, this is so <laughs> not real. Yeah, it does get a little wild at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the funny thing is, is that she got to experience. I'm so jealous, literally, of her experiencing that movie like that. Because she got to experience it thinking it was real. And I was like, oh my God, have I heard this case before? Right. I, she I, was I laying my... into it, man. <laughs> It was, she was just, her mouth was salivating. Oh, shut fucking, up, whatever. She was all into it, dude. And no, it, and you, it, were, you, were, you tricked me, so you're proud of yourself. That's what it really is. It's not even about, I think that the directors tricked us in a good way. I think the people who did it did a really good job. You can't trust anybody. To, well, no, <laughs> that's the fun of it, right? Like, you don't go to a fucking a haunted house and think, oh, oh it's going to be real. You just try to go into it thinking, hey, what if this was, you know? I know. So, I don't know. Be a kid. All right, stop being an adult, you pieces of shit. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm jealous of you in that experience, man. Like, I, I think you got to experience that movie better than most people who got to see it. Yeah, well, it was like, because I went and saw The Blur Witch right. on a screener in, what, 99? And yeah. That, yeah, that was really cool because it was a packed theater. Everybody thought it was, like, real. Sure. Because of the... The marketing and stuff. Well, so. yeah, because we couldn't fathom that that History Channel and all these other places would and, go along with it. Yeah, and uh, I just remember leaving the theater. Everybody was like, "Holy fucking shit! <laughs> yeah. What did we just watch?" But I, then it was like, "There's no way that was real because there's no way they would post that footage." I just wish people would be a little bit more open to found footage at times. I'm not saying that, that you have to love it or anything like that, but like if I can watch shot on video films that were made by some kid in his grandmother's fucking basement. And find oh. enjoyment enjoyment out of that. I think you guys can you can no uh, you can watch anything up. though. That's not <laughs> no. It's just because I I have I think 
Maybe the reason why I might be a little bit more open to it is because I just love the the idea of creativity and I love just that aspect of if it. You and, could, if you could watch that, then you could watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? I don't know why that's what it means. Everybody hates know. on that guy so they much. They really do. We haven't seen the new movie God, yet. God, he's, but... like, like he's like the new Jordan Peele or something. Or no, it's the like... new Jordan Yeah. No, M. Night Shyamalan. I should say Jordan Peele is like the new M. Night or something. Oh, because they're you know? hating on him now. Yeah, except for there's different reasons why they hate both yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think most people are mad at M. Night because they're like, oh, how stupid. Why would you trick me? <laughs> <laughs> there's too many twisty twists. Yeah, you always do twists. We get it. You're fucking smart. You think you're so cool. You hid behind a corner and jump scare me. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> guys, don't forget next week, Scream, we're starting the franchise. Yay, I'm so excited. Everybody's been wanting us to do this for like four plus years. I think a lot of the people that were begging for it probably left because they were so angry. They were like, fuck this. They're never going to do it. Well, we're going to do it. Okay. And. You know, just to preface this, Christine is probably more of the fan of it than I am. Um, when was the last time you watched it? The I, first one. When was the last the, time you the saw first The first one I saw in the theater with my brother in Dallas, Texas. We lived in Maryland at the time. Uh -huh. And we went out to visit him. And it was right at the time when that movie came out. And I was, I really loved it. Yeah. I remember really loving it. But then what followed it was the complete and utter fucking breakdown of horror into these stupid teeny movies that you oh could my. buy a dime a dozen on the fucking shelf that like littered the fucking. It was like people were just throwing their trash. <laughs> We'll get into it next week. Yeah, but you guys don't want to miss it. It's uh, There's going to be some uh, very open opinions about the franchise in general. A lot of people go really, really super deep on it. Maybe Christine will be that side of it, and I'll be a little bit more on the skeptical side. But I really want to kind of go into it with really bigger, open, more accepting like try to accept it as much more of a, a thing than I would normally. I think you will. So I'm going to be more open-minded about it because people, you know, really like it and I want to like it. It's not that I don't. You haven't seen it in a long time. That's, right. that's well, all it is. So maybe I'll go into it this time with like understanding the tropes more than I did in the past, you know, mm -hmm. because I've watched more horror movies now and maybe I'll be a little bit more from the eye of like a fan of horror movies and look at it that way because they say that you know scream is a fan franchise that you know it's dedicated to horror fans you know what i mean and like all the movies and all the like slashers and things that we grew up on you know? right but i don't know we'll see but we got that we also have cocaine bear we're going to be doing in the theater uh we're going to be doing that on the youtube channel i got some movies the witch uh, it's not the witch that I always bitch about. <laughs> it's called The Witch. It's a Korean movie. There's part one and two that just came out on Shutter. I'm going to be doing those on YouTube as well. We got War of the Worlds, uh, the imprint Blu-ray 4K set that just got sent to us that I have to do. I'm taking a little bit longer on that because I'm going to watch all the extras on Joe Dante, who speaks on the movie and everything like that, it takes a long time. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up. So check our YouTubes as well and our streams, of course, that we do online. If you ever want to join us, guys, for some in depth fucking conversations about horror, some laughs, and just watching me be a child, um, yeah, join us on Twitch. All the links and everything are down below. But I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horror shots!
All right, so we kind of came together with this one. This one was a tougher one than we normally have for because there's like these movies are very different, <laughs> and we didn't know what to do. We didn't want to do a, a crucified cat. Uh, we thought that might be a little too much because one of these movies has that in. <laughs> that would have been cool. Uh, uh, but we decided to pick the movie Savage Land, which is the faux doc sort of horror movie that is about uh, a border town that has a guy that's an illegal immigrant supposedly killed everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought it'd be interesting because that guy's name is Francisco Salazar in the movie, in the faux doc. And he's in a town called Sangre de Cristo, Arizona, which means blood of Christ. Christ. So I thought, what if we did a Sangre de Salazar and call it that? And that's how that's, that's how Horror how Shots the, was invented. The yes. name became. Yeah. Became. <laughs> now pat me on the back and jerk me off. Let's go. All right. So what is in it, Christina? Oh, so um, Christina came up with the ingredients. So they've been pu- they've been really pushing this Dr. Pepper strawberry strawberry and cream Dr. Pepper, which I'm anxious to try, but I don't know what it's going to taste like with whatever yeah, it else. Yeah, it seems weird. So I bought one of those, even though we're not supposed to be drinking that stuff, but I got the zero sugar, just so you know. Is there another one? No, there's just one. It's just the zero sugar, right? Oh, yeah. Well, no, there's zero sugar and then there's regular sugar. Regular Dr. Pepper and that's like diet Dr. Pepper. No, no, I'm talking about the strawberry part. Yeah, there's strawberry Dr. Pepper, no sugar, and then regular Dr. Pepper strawberry. Oh, okay. But regular. you got the zero sugar for me. Well, for us. Us, okay. For us. And then we put, so we put some, uh, what did we put in there? Captain Rum? Morgan. Captain Morgan. So it's what it's like, half Captain Morgan, half Dr. Pepper strawberry. Right. So we'll We see almost put tequila goes. in it. We, like tequila rose might have been perfect. Oh, that would have been perfect. But we couldn't, we didn't have any. I don't have any. And plus that stuff's kind of weak. You know, the tequila rose stuff is so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're going to try it with Captain Morgan. I figured that that might go well because at the very least, Captain Morgan goes with a soda, Coke or Pepsi better than anything. And it does have the strawberry kick. Okay. Strawberries and cream. Let's see. Let's try. Hey. Oh, wow. That's good. Give me the regular. Give me the Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Hold on. I want to try it by itself, too. Hey, that's not bad. That's not bad. It tastes kind of like. Um, I probably should have stirred it better. Full fuel, yeah. Because it like felt like gasoline. I had gasoline. Well, yeah, it's because it felt like it had a layer that we didn't stir it well with. Oh, okay. But yeah, this um, strawberries and cream actually isn't too bad. They'll not keep it, I'm sure, but it's good. Try it. See what you think. Oh, it is strawberry and cream. Sorry, I love Dr Pepper. Oh, I, like did my... I say Pepsi? I don't know what. Whatever. Oh, Same no, thing. Whatever. That's good. I'd prefer regular Dr. Pepper, but... I don't know. I like the strawberry. I think I could drink this. Tastes good. It's different. You don't like regular Dr. Pepper, do you? Nah. I don't like cherry. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cherry's too much. I'll have birch beer, Mm -hmm. but not... Right. I don't like Dr. Pepper. But yeah, if you guys would like to try a Sangre de Salazar, the blood of Salazar, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So let's get into the flesh and potatoes of this motherfucker. Let's get into Home Movie from 2008 and Savage Lands 2015. We're going to go ahead and do that right All right, 
So Christina did the work on this one. Yay. Go ahead, Christina. Home movie from 2008 is about a handsome pastor named David Poe and his psychologist wife, Claire, have just relocated to upstate New York with their young children, twins, Jack and Emily. Uh, When Halloween inspires bizarre behavior in the twins, the Poe's begin documenting their struggle to regain control over the children as their ideal life, family life, is torn apart by sociopathic and increasingly violent behavior. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think they were twins, but that's okay. (laughs) Well, they don't have to look the same. Right. Uh, The tagline, I dare you to watch until the movie is done. Until our movie is done. Oh, until our movie. Sorry. Our, yeah, we did it. We watched it, so you don't have to. No, that's what kidding. they said, though. I, that's, that's the tagline, yeah. Okay, this was written and directed by Christopher Denham, who has also directed Preservation from 2014 and Old Flame from 2022, but he is mostly known as an actor. He was in Shutter Island. He was in Camp Hell from 2010. He was in The Bay. The Bay, another uh, found footage film, or mm-hmm. faux doc. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, he was in the following TV show, and I recognize him as Robert McNeil, the up uptight banker in the Gilded Age. <laughs> I love that fucking show on HBO. I can't wait for the second season. Anyway. No clue. <laughs> All right. Uh, movie star is Adrian Pastar. <laughs> Who's a pastor? <laughs> Not pastor, pastor. He plays Pastor David. Uh, Alex recognized him from the show Heroes. Yeah, he was the president of the United States that had the superhero powers. And he had, once he recognized him, he had to pause the movie to sh- to yeah. pull it up on IMDb. And once I paused me. it, I, she balled up her fist and started screaming at me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but his first movie was in Top Gun from 1986. Really? He was also in Near Dark. Huh. He was in Near Dark. Weird. And, uh He's also a voice actor, and he's been in, like, every single Marvel thing that has ever been animated. It's it's weird. I almost didn't recognize him in this movie because he looks so young compared to what he looked like in Heroes, even. Which is weird because it was around the same time. Right. But he looks older in Heroes than he does this. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we still, we have Caddy McCain. McLean. McLean, who plays Claire, the wife. She is a soap opera actress. She, uh, like a career soap opera actress. She was in All My Children, Young and the Restless, and currently on Days of Our, Our Lives, which is the only daytime soap opera still running. I didn't even know they still existed, yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. I looked it up. I thought it was a Televisto or whatever. Fucking, they do those. Uh, telenovela. Oh, well, they do, but yeah. Okay, they do a Amer- lot of those. They love American, those. American, I guess. All right. We have Austin Williams, who plays Jack, the son. He is also a soap opera kid and grew up on One Life to Live, pretty much. Mm. Uh, He was also in a movie called The Good Shepherd from 2006, uh, The Girl Next Door from 2007. The last film he did was in 2014. It was called Henry and Me. But this kid is a Mensa member with a genius IQ. Mm, okay. But I couldn't find anything like Well, I kind of figure with doing. like kids and it comes to acting like this, like it's not it's not easy to find kids like that can do this kind of stuff. Yeah, especially to be on a soap opera set like cuz it wasn't like he was on a couple episodes. He was on like hundreds of of episodes of uh Days of Our Life or uh, One Life to Live. Also, I think the director the, the sorry, the producer of this film also did The Girl Next Door, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Okay, we have Amber Joy Williams who plays Emily this is Austin's younger sister in hmm. real life. Not twin. 
just point that out, younger sister. Yeah. And she has been an extra on Saturday Night Live and Late Night with Conan O'Brien, but hasn't done anything in the entertainment industry since this. Okay. Uh, I couldn't locate a budget on this film, but it was release, released July 10th of 2008. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of this movie, Alex? Uh, well, this one is a, uh, this is a movie that I have never seen before. Didn't know anything about. I might have seen it before. It's not, it didn't really ring a bell when I was watching it. It seems sort of familiar, like it had an air of familiarity about it. But I don't remember if it was just because I saw the trailer and the trailer was memorable or if I saw the movie. Um, something about this movie that is a little bit different that I think that is a little jarring. Because when you watch a found footage film, you are sort of watching it as it progresses, like most films, right? Mm -hmm. But also on found footage, you're also watching the takes over the course of like four years or something like that with this family. And so it's like their home movie, you know, for their family and stuff. They like do nothing but all the holidays and stuff. So it's a little jarring from one to the next, I think. Uh, it didn't make it feel as fluid as I possibly probably could have, even though it makes perfect logistical sense that that would be the way that you would watch this tape, right? Right. This is one of those movies also that it is about kids doing fucked up things and you don't know why. There is more to the story than appears at you know first glance, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that this movie actually achieved necessarily where I was hoping it would go, which is not really the the movie's fault. They didn't have a lot of money. They did a very low, low budget film and they made it work, you know, with what they had with low budget stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like I think that, you know, there's something to be said about that, but I just don't think I was as engaged in the story and its believability as much as I needed to be to really write off on this and say, yes, right. This is a movie I'm going to rewatch again, or this is one I'm going to go pick up of the, you know, got to get it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It, uh, it kind of leans a little bit more towards the mediocre side, even if it has accolades in doing something with very little. Mm -hmm. Okay. It still needs to be enjoyable for me on a personal level. And, you know, it may be for other people more than it will be me because I have seen other people talk about this movie fondly while others really didn't like it at all mm -hmm. i'm probably somewhere in the middle mm -hmm. um i see the the good stuff about it it definitely intrigued me to want to watch it but it became pretty quick that you know the dad's a little super hammy uh a little unbelievable in some certain situations and stuff the kids, they, they really don't talk too much in it for good reason mm -hmm. because it's supposed to give you this air of mystery about the kids and why they're acting the way they, they are. Should have, they should have been, you know, laughing and talking when they were. Well, they do laugh. Normal. They do laugh a couple of well, times. But, the, you know, it, it does it does go somewhere else in the end by the end of the movie. So, you know, it's not just this plain old movie. But in the end, I really just don't think it went as far as I was hoping it would go. Um, I guess maybe I'm just like a sick fuck. And I always just wanted to go somewhere even darker than it ever does. Especially when there's children in it. Right. I don't know why, <laughs> but I think it's just really creepy. And I feel like people puss out on that shit. No the offense, but. Brother should have sacrificed his sister. Sorry. I, well, I probably should have just been in like they're more violent. Yeah. But, you know, it is it, it achieved what it was supposed to do. And so I can't hate this movie. You know, it just wasn't necessarily for me. And I'd probably just give this movie an average score. Mm -hmm. Five out of ten. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a bad one to watch if you're bored and you want to check it out. It's up on YouTube, by the way. You can check it out. You know, it's an hour and 10 minutes, you know, so it's quick. It's right. like super quick, but it's just a little, I don't know. It might have done better for me back in 2008 than it does now. That makes sense. You know, like I think I think I probably would have liked it more back then because I hadn't seen as much as we have now. So it's one of those things, you know, that's the thing about found footage is that some of them are timeless. Some of them aren't. And this mm-hmm. doesn't feel as timeless as, as that one mm-hmm. as those, I guess. What about you? Uh, I'm, a, I'm the same. I'm the middle of the road. It's like you want to like it, but you can't. Yeah, but I can't. What happens when a priest marries a psychologist? Ha! Yeah. And how does that happen? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I understand, like, the concept. Well, don't get too far but... into it. Save it for the fucking extras. Anyway, so th- so what happens is they have children, right? Okay. Yeah. And then, then you have to decide if they're psychopaths or if they're possessed by the devil. That's pretty much what's going on here, okay? Right. Well, we don't know what it is, really. Yeah. Even by the end, you still don't. Yeah, you still don't know what it is. But that's okay. They're not going to explain it in the whole movie video you know yeah it ain't no paranormal activity let's put it that way but i like the idea but it just wasn't executed well i think because of the found footage thing like you said yeah um i did not believe the relationship between the parents (laughs) like it and i think it was the wife do you think i think he i don't know like i couldn't but i just i don't know if it was like the situations they were putting the parents in or like them trying to make it seem like um, their relationship was good because they like had an anniversary scene and stuff. It was kind well, of forced. How does a pastor and a psychologist get along? You know, that, I mean, I, I'm sure it's happened. I'm not saying it hasn't in, in reality, but it's just. Well, I mean, they did in the movie. They one's very like, left brain oh, and one's very right brain. Uh, yeah, exactly. We met. Like they met at church, so it must be a God believing psychologist. I don't know anymore. Right. Well, he didn't believe in some of the things she believed, and she didn't believe in the stuff. Yeah. Well, they well, both believed in God, I guess. But let's not get that into yeah. anyway, it. Anyway, so anyway, I like the idea. Like I was saying, I didn't um believe their relationship. I didn't like how the kids never talked. I mean, they could at least said some creepy shit. Right. You know, and especially like seeing what the kids have have done. Like those, they're actors. Like, they really could have, like, pushed them. You know, they really could have pushed those kids. You can see the little girl, like, like kind of break character a little bit a couple yeah, times. Yeah, a few times you Like, at the totally. dinner table and stuff. Right. Yeah. And then I really like some of the, the imagery and the shots they did, especially towards the end. Sure. It was pretty cool. They do some good leading with it. I yeah, think. yeah. But, you know, they could have done more with it. It just wasn't believable, believable for me. So I was like, man, I'm like the same. I'm at a 5 out of 10. I'm glad I really? watched it. And I think it's like you said, if I would have seen this in 2000, what, what is it, eight? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I would have liked it a little bit more, but yeah, right. man. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like this movie deserved a bigger budget, probably. Yeah. And then it got, you know, it probably could have done a lot more. Well, when did smartphones come out? <laughs> yeah, really. You know, I mean, they really could, they really well, could. smartphones re- came out in the 80s, even. <laughs> I mean, that's well, you know not what I mean. smartphones, but phones in general. No, I mean yeah. smartphones, because. Right, 2000s. When you have a camera, yeah, like, but it, they weren't well, accessible, though. Like, not everyone had one. Right, everyone right. has one now. So you really could take this story now with secu- the security systems and stuff like that and really fucking, like, uh, you know, lean into it, right? With a story like this, well, that's what, that's the, that's the trick nowadays is to try to kill the lifeline now. 
Yeah. Because even though you can grab your phone, it doesn't mean you're going to, you should be able to die anyway, even if you have a phone. But in the mind of the viewer, for whatever reason, the access to the phone is just some sort of saving grace and it gives them a bit of hope. And I think they should, I think more movies should use that against people Mm -hmm. more often. Yeah. Like for using the phone, you die. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, more or something. It doesn't even matter anymore anyway, because even if you call 911, I mean, God knows like how long it's going to fucking take for them to get there. And depending where you live, (laughs) if they even show up. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. So five out of ten. Five out of ten. So both fives out of ten. Nice. Okay. Well, unfortunately, it just wasn't for us. If it's for you, that's no problem. You just probably have more of an interest in those type of things. And okay. you're a garbage person. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love it. <laughs> that's how people are online. And you deserve to die because your opinions suck. So uh, I still believe that Terrifier 2 was not that great. Garbage person. <laughs> Nick is a garbage person. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Nick. Anyway, um... We do have a little bit of information about this movie and like not a whole lot really because I, I, man, I did some searching for it. There really just isn't that much on it. It's a very underground film that not many people still talk about. You know, maybe a few people did. IFC picked it up. This is around the time that they were picking up a lot of movies Mm -hmm. that, you know, at the festivals and stuff like that. Oh, and their channel, their cable channel was popping. Didn't they have it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they had a, like, (laughs) I'm going to say a streaming they did okay, but it was a cable channel yeah, yeah. It was streaming cable whatever I, I would watch it yeah it came out in like the 90s i think i don't know i remember and then it, you know but they definitely amped it up around the 2000s oh yeah totally they were buying a lot of horror doing a lot of that yeah. stuff too so but uh yeah if you know anything spoiled you can find this movie it's home movie not plural because your tendency is to want to say plural movies <laughs> but look home movie 2008 on tri- on on uh youtube and you'll find it um, I couldn't find it anywhere else. There's nowhere else unless you want to buy it online. I think you might be able to do that. It is a cool uh, poster. Yeah. Oh, it's it cool. It's yeah. Cool. There's cool things in it. It's just, yeah. it just didn't put take me where I needed to go. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So this is a movie that was, uh, that, that I was talking about the uh, actual production side of it. The guy that actually produced it is Andrew v- He's one of the producers anyway. Andrew Van De Houten, he said that Chris Denham, the director and him, are good friends, and he had brought the script to him. And uh, if you don't know, of course, Chris Denham actually was in the movie Headspace, which this guy also produced as well. And uh, they were just off the success of The Girl Next Door, well, sort of not so successful. Uh, And so they were a little bit worried about the money that they had to produce a film like this. But he pitched the script to him and he said, you know, because you're a friend, I'm going to give you a shot. I believe in you. And he said that he didn't think the film did too, too bad and that he uh, was glad he took the chance with his friend, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, That's good. You know, since then, I mean, I would say that it probably didn't stand out as much. But it's still worth, I think, a watch, right. you know, to check it out. There's just so many kid killer movies that just are so unfulfilling. Mm-hmm. And you want them to be so good, you know. Yeah, but it's, it's because you can't make the actual children go through shit like that. Like in The Last of Us. We've got CGI. We've got. No, no it's not the same. we got little people. Well, The Last of Us. How old is she supposed to be in that? 12? And she's like, right. ni- she's 19. Do you remember that movie? So, was it Happy Birthday to Me? Or no, no, no. There's another one. Hmm. Uh, it's like Happy Birthday or something like that, where the two kids go psycho and start causing panic, ha- havoc everywhere. 
they're like shooting, like playing Russian roulette with people with a handgun and stuff. Like oh, that's that's the kind of shit that I want to see, you right. know. But it's hard to get a kid to do that, and I, I just I think movies you gotta drug them, you know. Yeah, <laughs> no, you just gotta get them to get possessed so that there's like an older person inside of a sacrifice little <laughs> a little person's body so that they can act out these crazy fucking things. Or you get a little person like in the movie, what was that zombie movie where the the, the kid zombie bites off his mommy's nipple? What the fuck? I don't even know why she felt like she needed to stuff her, her nipple in his mouth at the age of 13 or whatever the hell he was. Take some drink from mama. That sounds familiar. I don't remember that. I can't think of what it's called. It's an Italian horror movie that I love. Someone will tell us. It's got like a, it's got the best soundtrack to it too. And man, was that a shit looking film on VHS. Like the transfer was so dark. <laughs> uh, I can't think of it what it is. My brain is farting. But anyway... You know what I'm talking about. It's like they we do have the ability to be able to use like little people as actors and stuff like that to be able to kind of like do these things, you know, in a certain way. And I think kids these days are a little bit easier to find uh, because it's much more acceptable to have kids act. Is it? I mean, in a horror movie. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think it's much more easier now than it was then. Oh, I didn't think so. Why? Well. Because people don't want their kids to go through that. This because it's like a trauma thing. Well, you know, you see Corey Feldman and shit like that, and you're like, oh, this is a bad yeah, scene for the kids. Yeah. Or or you believe in the satanic pedophile rings, and then. Because <laughs> doorbell. <laughs> well, I'm not saying like Christian conservatives or evangelicals are going to do it, but you know, like I'm sure there's a group of people that are like, oh, it would be cool to have my kid in a fucking horror movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus, they always cater to the kids anyway. They try not to scare right. them. Right. And a lot of the kids that you hear that are on the sets of these horror movies are like, oh, I didn't even realize how scary it was. I thought it was silly mm-hmm. because everybody's around. I didn't right. feel scared at all. Right. You know, it's like they, they try not to put them through, a, you know, a traumatic experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't just come in and surprise them and shoot their parent in the head and then run off and videotape them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Live in fear. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this whole movie. Um, I felt like the dad was a little too... Uh, I mean, it's, I, I'm sure he was directed to be like the happy-go-lucky pastor who, well, okay. who had drug or alcohol problems and and who also has had a habit of beating his wife in the past <laughs> because, you know, God. Okay, wait, hold on. So he was a Lutheran pastor. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that makes sense. I was raised... I'm kidding. I have no idea. I was raised Lutheran and it's... I know. It's like such bullshit i have no idea why is that such bullshit explain uh, because they they Here, just, you're gonna put the fire under your ass it's, on a this biz- one. it's a biz it's a business like <laughs> you everybody knows the War church is a business right church is god a, is a business yeah god is a business and really for lutherans it's like really a business and like the pastors because i always remember the pastors growing up like they'd always push you, and it was always the end of times and shit. Wait, and are the Lutherans the the ones that also like are like vegetarians or something like no, that? Or no, is that Seventh oh, Day of Venice. That's the ones no, no, I'm no, thinking no. of. No, no, no. It's it's not. I'm trying to remember the differences. It, there, it's not really anything. <laughs> we only believe in eating important. brownies one time I think of the that year. The confirmation process is different, right? Because like you go in at like eleven and twelve to get confirmed, so you well, then Catholics- you can drink the blood of Christ, you know, alcohol. Catholics believe in like the Mother Mary, yeah. worshiping the Mother Mary a lot over Jesus. Yeah, right. So what do Lutherans oh, it's do? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. 
Well, mostly, but it's not most like all the denominations. Yeah, but it's not like they're it's not, not like psychotic about it. I mean, say what you will. You know, you go to church on Sunday. You know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of. I'll just shut up. <laughs> it's all psychotic to me. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, I mean, like, I, I have a sociopath ex-girlfriend who desperately needed... Oh, the Mormon. Yeah, she needed yeah. She needed to be a part of something really yeah. bad. And uh, God bless her, because I think she probably would have ate people or something if she hadn't found God or whatever the hell she believes in now. Hey, man, you know what? Some people need it, uh, you know, as long as they're not forcing it. I have no problem it, with it. I think as long as they're not forcing it down anyone, you know, I don't right. care. Yeah, I mean, the, the theory is that God is supposed to be the one that judges you aren't, right? That's like across the board, right? Yeah. So I think that a lot of religions have lost that over the years. And there's religions I like. I would be like, I would be a, what is a Sikh? Yeah, I was kind of a religious slut. You know what I mean? I used to. You were a religious slut. Yeah, I tried a few out, you know. (laughs) I slept with a few prophets, you know, got out there and did my thing. You know, no, no, how no, did that work out no, for no you? No slut shaming. Okay. Is how did that work out for you? I mean, Jesus did me good, but I think the best was Baha'i faith. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I got people from all over the world. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, it was just the more interesting one, but that became about money for me. So anyway, back to home always movies. Always about money. <laughs> that was way more money. Like you weren't even allowed to go be a part of the council or anything unless you actually donated a certain amount of money. And if you didn't go to their firesides every Friday, then they would start to like, like persecute you. So it was a cult. Kind of. I mean, it was nice because this is what I did when I went there. I was, I used to like, you know, it's always nice at first. I used to dress up like in dark, uh, Gothic raver wear sort of. And, um, I dressed up like, like I was going to the club when I went to the church Uh intentionally. Because I was like, you know, if you're going to accept me, I, I don't want to go to this. So if you're going to make me go, I'm going to fucking dress however the fuck I want. Okay. And they never said a fucking word, dude. Not one. So I was like, okay, I kind of like this. This is all right. You know, this is the kind of God I like. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> how they get you. But in That's the end, they, they yeah. suck you in and I take all your money. I got, I got swayed by Satan. Yeah, so. see? <laughs> That and heroin. I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, back to home movies. Anyway, so what, what was... <laughs> was that the... too much, by the way, you think? I don't think so. All I right. think it's fun. All right. Everybody left now. They're like, yeah, we don't listen to this anyway. Now we have the reason not to listen to it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> One of the parts I thought was really freaky is it was like nighttime. Uh, oh, and I think they were they were gonna go out for their anniversary, and all of a sudden they they the parents are downstairs, the kids are upstairs, and all of a sudden the parents hear the dog whining at the kids' door. Oh but yeah, that's locked. So they rush up there. The dad goes in with the camera, of course, sets the camera down. Uh, the kids are just lying asleep together. Right, and she's like, "That's weird." Yeah. The, the mom comes in and, and he goes, was like, what's that's weird? That's weird. And they turn the camera around and they, they pan it to the mom and then they pan <laughs> the camera back and then the kids are standing up and then they're peeing their pants. <laughs> okay. So that was probably like, one of the, at the same time. It was that, funny. That was probably one of the best scenes of the fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, it was a pretty good scene. Not, I like how they filmed it though, too. It, it just, it was just like, well, because every time the kids like would shift around the room as if like they're ninjas or something, yeah. you know, and, like they wanted to give it this air, which I, I think was a, 
plus to the movie. Yeah. Like it added this sort of, okay, are they possessed or something? Like there's something more going on here. And when kids just, you know, I mean, let's put it this way. You saw the exorcist when she came down and pissed in front of that fucking house party while they were singing on the piano. It was awesome. It was great. And then Scary Movie came out, and I think part two, and she came out and just did oh, it yeah. even longer. And they were like, oh, my God, that she's like a horse. You hear people yelling in the background. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was kind of disturbing and unsettling for the kids because you don't even see their faces, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's, like, obscured by the dark. So they did really good lighting in this, too. So, like, you know... You, you couldn't see the kids always, their faces and their reactions as much all the time, uh, which I thought was a really a good idea as well. So, mm-hmm. um, but the other one that was really good was the scene where the dad's, I don't even remember what he was doing, but they find, they find that the cat has been crucified, <laughs> which they, they had been filming throughout the movie, which I knew. I was like, God damn, they're going to fuck. It was in the trailer, which yeah. is what lured us into the film. Right. We were like, oh, shit, this gets wild. You know, like we thought it was going to go even further. But that was like that was, but, that was the height of the uh, the uh, unsettledness. Um, well, I mean, you knew it was coming because the goddamn kid made a, a sandwich out of fucking goldfish, you know, for Thanksgiving. Right. And it's so funny because um, it's like. The dad is always so persistently trying to be cheery about the whole situation. And the mom's like, uh, yeah, why are you giving them ice cream when they just fucking crucified the cat to the fucking wall? (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, and then like they also alluded to that, too. There was like that scene where he was like, I was out walking and I heard this music. It sounded like eerily familiar. Like, like there was some lore to this movie that they didn't express you know yeah, why because there is a lot of jump cuts and i feel like there was some scenes that were cut out of this movie yeah that would have played that Explains, because we did yeah. see the ice cream truck come later when the mom's running away mm-hmm. because they drug her or whatever and she's laying very uncomfortably up against a log by the way but the ice cream truck he hears it one morning after they crucified the cat or did some fucked up thing mm-hmm. and uh he goes you know why the fuck you're you're gonna wake up everybody in the neighborhood like this is way too early and the guy gave him two ice cream cones and then he gave it to the kids mm-hmm. and he were, we were like okay that's weird and she's like why are you giving them ice cream in, in the nine in the morning he was like well it's probably you know afternoon somewhere in the world yeah it was dumb he's like he's always so cheery about everything it's like yeah our kids just levitated and shot laser beams out of their eye oh you're overreacting you know as he's performing an exorcist and tying the kids to the bed to perform an exorcist Well, that's the other thing is like that's the other part of the of the whole thing is that while he's trying to be cheery about it he's also in other scenes trying to explain to the to the wife that he's got a demonic possession going on and that there's something evil in the house. So he's performing rituals and shit while she's not there. And he's like, it's kind of creepy. Uh, he just lays on him at one point. And he's like, get out, get out. <laughs> and then like, everything's fine. Flinging water around and shit. Yeah, he's doing the... Um, it's probably the kid's piss water like from the pee of the pants. Jesus. <laughs> How do you think he got it in the bottle, Christina? The, they're peeing their pants. He probably sucked it up off the ground. All right. You're out of control now. You're being like me. <laughs> <laughs> Something I didn't like about the mom, because she was a psychologist, right? So now she's treating her children. Oh, yeah. And like, they what have the fuck? Her, 
They have her prescribing medication to her children, which yeah. she cannot do as a psychologist. You cannot prescribe medication. One, second of you all, can't, you can't. You can't do uh, yeah. it to your children. You yeah, because there's all types of like stuff that your kids might have based on your flaws that they do that is anti-dynamic with what you do. And there's so like you can't laws just like in place where that can't happen. Yeah, you're supposed to give your kids over to another therapist who you trust. Right. A psych- to be, a psychi- and they're not even supposed to share anything with you, really. The psychiatrist can prescribe medication. They called her a psychologist. They right. cannot. Well, they do try to cover that with a, with a shitty patch towards the end. She was like, see, this just goes to show you that you can, you know, ther- give therapy to your kids and that it does help or whatever. Remember? Towards oh, yeah, the when they were okay right. for that month of Easter or something. Right, which they have their friend over, little Bobby Christian or whatever his name is. They fucking kill him. Yeah, and they're they acting all fucking lovey-dovey and I was like, that kid's gonna die. Who the fuck... Who the if you had a kid, okay, and a, a brother and a sister like uh, uh beat Nailing you crosses. up, beat you up and nails you to the ground, you would let your child go to their house. Christina, that happened afterwards. It didn't happen while they the before. No, no, because remember they got expelled from school oh. because they beat up that kid. They beat that kid up at school, That's right? Right, because they they said the story was is that they cornered this kid in the bathroom and locked the bathroom door which most schools don't have locking doors because of this shit. <laughs> and they started biting this kid. Like, oh, yeah, they were biting him. And then when they kicked the door in, they wouldn't stop biting. And he was like, the dad was like, honey, why didn't you stop biting that child? <laughs> it's like, why would you let your kid go to their house it's after like, I don't know, that daddy. happens? Because Satan. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, I think it was kind of cool how it ended, but it was just, it's so anticlimactic to me. It just didn't really have any impact on me when it when it was all over. Right, but I like the parts when the the parents were tied to the the dining room table, like at the end end. That's what it was. They poisoned the fucking um, soup, but you never see the parents eat the soup. Right. So I was like, "What is it? Just in the air?" Like, no, they must have force fed them when they they were tied to the chairs at the at the table. They were tied to the chairs on the table, uh, so they must have force fed them while they were knocked out. Right. It doesn't make sense. Because then they got up and then yeah. she realized, I know, but I'm just, filling, I'm trying to fill in holes here, Alex. I mean, it was cool when she ran off and fell and hit her head on the log. <laughs> this ice cream truck goes by, which I was like, what is this ice cream truck thing? Yeah. What is the point of that? Like, why is he relevant? Because there was another movie I saw and I can't remember what it was, but the ice cream truck man was involved in this horror movie somehow. And I... do you think it's the same guy? No. He went to upstate New York, so... They they definitely had plans for that in a sequel if it would have done well or something. Mm -hmm. Something about that fucking ice cream man. Yeah. There's something going on there. Like, some sort of, like, what do you call it? Probably, like, Rosemary's Baby-style fucking shit going on. The devil's in the neighborhood. Yeah, where they were trying to watch over the kids to make sure that... The devil next door. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to make sure that the the twins would become the twins of evil or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. You know what I mean? The twins of Satan. But yeah, they tie the parents Satan. up. They put them on a table, and then they have knives and they have bags over their heads. And the parents are like seizuring from taking too much medication. I don't know what they're dead or what the fuck's going on really. But they're yeah. like, thanks for watching our movie or whatever. But I did like the fact that the the kids um, were watching the tapes afterwards in the middle of the movie. And they were like, oh, it's our home movie now, since you're going to make a movie about us. 
Remember? Because they were yeah, like... Yeah, I remember, and it broke the whole thing for me. Hi, I'm Jack, and I'm Emily, we're going to bring to you a movie! Yeah, we haven't talked this entire goddamn movie, right? but here we are now, we're going to explain the, the videos to you. Anyway, I, I don't know, maybe they wanted to save it for that moment, you know? I don't know. Maybe it may be better. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. We, we do have, have another movie that we're going to talk about next, and I did the work on this one, and this one is called... Savage Land from 2015. When a small town near Arizona-Mexico border is wiped out overnight, suspicion falls on a lone survivor. But a roll of photos that the survivor took that night tells a different story. Tagline, horror has no borders. This is by writer and directors, multiple, three in particular, Phil Guidry or Guidry, Simon Herbert, and David Whalen. Phil Guidry or Guidry was a sports writer for the NFL, actually, and he does a lot of sports stuff. All of these guys went to UCLA together and decided to just make a movie. And That's they cool. thought about using photographs instead of like video uh-huh. as a means to storytell some sort of horror. And uh, that's how this sort of project came about. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd tell you who the actors and stuff in it, but to be honest with you, none of it shit matters. You just need to watch it as a faux documentary. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I thought about it. And I was like, am I going to really write down all this stuff? I don't even, you know. Well, I mean, I'm sure none of them really did anything else. Everyone seemed kind of like normal people. Right. But, you know, it's just a, it's a faux documentary. You just kind of go in. And if you have a significant other that maybe that doesn't know any better about it, be like, dude, I heard about this fucking movie that came out, this documentary that came out in 2015 that is just resurfacing now. And people are putting the piece. <gasps> Oh, together and, and you, you just scare them yeah you know? and you could say something like they, it was up on netflix and then they had to tur- take it down the government made them take yeah, it down on something netflix. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do your f- significant or your friend a favor and make him believe it before you do it and then put it on because i really think you'll it'll benefit them in a way that they wouldn't have experienced the if you if they knew that this was oh, not a real but, movie uh, but uh a real documentary if you know arizona though uh, don't do that to yeah. them. <laughs> then they'll know it's yeah, fake. If they know Arizona, they might, know the jig fake. might be up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Christina, what are your thoughts on this movie? I couldn't find a budget on it. There is nothing, but let's just say that they did this on a very, very, very low budget. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, well, I remember really, really liking this movie when we first watched it like forever ago, mm-hmm. but it didn't hit me the same this time. Okay. I don't know why. Well, it's probably the same thing we were just talking about in the beginning of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Exa- it, it was a cool story, but I feel like I'd rather see the actual story the movie. in action. Yeah. like a, Or even like a true crime story. But yeah, not a documentary, just like an actual things are happening, drama, true crime story. Yeah, anyway. The pictures they used as the the evidence was creepy. I would kind of like to know how they did that. It's almost like, well, you just kind of explained it. It was almost like they had this art project or something and they wanted to to make a movie about these pictures. And, you know, I guess they did. But I still think it would have been it would have been creepy if they would have um, did it as like a regular movie. But yeah. I think it could be believable. It, you know, I think it, I think it's believable. just a case of the jig is up to you already. So right, but I mean, going in, they're they're listing off these cities and like 
They even showed a, a a picture of a Tucson building, and they said it was Scottsdale. Yeah, yeah. No, and they it's didn't. like, why the fuck would you even have a trial in Scottsdale when all this is happening on the border, <laughs> which is in a completely different county? And the county they even used, I have no fucking idea, like Heinzman? Heinzman County? Come on, County? Christina. Oh, they, my they, God. They're just thinking most people don't know what the fuck is in Arizona. That's all they were I thinking. I know, so that, I guess that's a drawback, you know, for us. But. Do you notice that we get a lot of these found footage movies that take place in Arizona? A lot of faux yeah, dogs do. and faux. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot always of, in the desert and shit. Yeah, there's a lot of land out here. There's lots of desert. There's lots yeah. of UFOs. A lot of space. There's lots of chupacabras and shit. A lot of land. Yeah, well, I guess chupacabras is more Mexico. but well, It's everywhere, really. Yeah, but we used to be Mexico. Yeah. Anyway, five out of ten. It didn't hit me the okay. same this time. So, what do I, you think? I have a little bit of a different perspective on it that I think is um, a little bit more uh, forgiving and understanding of it. Um, and I'm saying that going into it because it's just I think it's going to be different for everybody that watches it. I think it's this is a a movie that in the main narrative is the documentary about an illegal immigrant who's been accused of murdering an entire town overnight. But it becomes, you know, evidently clear that he couldn't handle such a task like this on his own. And his only, like, witness is a 35 millimeter photography camera that he carried with him and took pictures of what really happens in this terrifying night in a small town on the border of Arizona. In Santa, Santa, the massacre, I should say, of Santa, San, Sangre de Cristo. There you go. But uh, the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. God. <laughs> anyway, now this this movie was written back in 2014 or so. So it didn't even come out until about 2015 by a couple of writers from UCLA. They just wanted to, you know, make something different and, and land on this idea. So this is also far ahead of the insane sociopolitical climate that we're currently in. And, you know, where everybody, including your daughter or child, is like going to pick one side or the other. And fight corner, you know, that corner of politics from every angle. But, you know, I don't know. It just seems like it's like it was a little bit ahead of its time when it comes to the immigrant portion of this movie, which made it even more believable. Oh, well, let me finish. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Immigration arguments have been around for many, many years. I'm just saying that these guys sort of took pieces of that and injected it into this ultra realistic documentary about a man who's essentially been accused of something he didn't do. And simply because he's an illegal immigrant, which just plays into the whole realism of the political structure that we have going on in this country a little bit where people argue over both sides of it and there's no real answer, it seems. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think the border has always been an issue. Right, but I'm just saying. Like growing up here. I think it was more of an issue. I think it's more of an issue now than it was before. But it's not really an issue. (laughs) Right, but you know what I mean. I'm just saying. And because of how expertly told this this faux doc is through the lens of the media and and those who are around to blame, it just kind of makes the story that much more appealing and it just feels directly pulled from reality in a lot of ways because like the sheriff and the, you know, the people that they interview in the movie and is just like the Blair Witch or the last broadcast on a more realistic level than those movies even, you know, which is saying something because those, you know, there really isn't that many movies that are that believable or come across as believable as this one does. Mm-hmm. You know, at least for me, although I, I like I do. We did talk about horror in the high desert and how I made you believe that one. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a pretty damn decent one, too. But the end really flails <laughs> yeah. there. But it, I just think Savage Land could well be the better of them all because it's 
you know, the newer one. It's the more relevant one, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to believe as these sort of, you know, films, they get old with age and they kind of lose their believability as the time goes on, you know? So like I said, that whole thing about the experience in the beginning of this episode is directly correlated to this review I'm giving. So I think that what they unveil and the thoughts that they put into making this movie was a lot of effort. And, you know, on a very, very low budget, I'm sure the imagery, the photography that they used in the accounts of this crazy fucked up shit that's going on while Salazar is like trying to get to help is fucking fantastic. It makes anybody who has a creative mind or imagination just flourish in this world that they've created. And it also kind of grounds it in some sort of reality with the whole sort of border town racist sort of immigration angle that is kind of, you know, deeply rooted in our structure here in America and a lot of people. It's not like something that that nobody's heard. Right. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. I think everybody has somewhat of an opinion about. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to turn this into oh, what politics politics in my, my movies. Don't don't turn it into that. OK, I'm just saying that I think it's kind of relevant and I think it's smart for what it did um, for its time. I think it makes it a, a believable story to indulge in it's a storytelling exercise and creativity it creates enough lore to elicit some sort of base fear in all of us that i think is pretty uh, you know remarkable mm-hmm. for what they do and and for photos for christ's sake right and to keep it interesting for an hour and what 20 minutes the whole mm-hmm. fucking thing but I don't know. It's just nice to have a little escapism with movies like this. You know, I did mention Skinner Rink and the Outwaters and stuff like that, where it, it kind of goes for more of the uh, realistic angle of is there somebody really going to hold a camera for that much, you know, that long? And mm-hmm. why would they do these certain things? It's got its flaws. All of them do. But it's just nice to kind of have some sort of movies that are, you know, there for interesting for an experience. You know, yeah. it might not be a timeless classic that you turn to all the time but I think it's underrated and I think it deserves a lot more credit than I think it's gotten Mm -hmm. Uh, it is definitely in the top one of those top portions of these type of horror documentaries and uh, I would give it like a 6.5 out of 10 Mm -hmm. you know for that reason is it going to be something again that's just my experience you know what I mean I liked it more the first time I saw it than I did this time I'm sure subsequent viewings Uh-oh. may go down. But again, I like the last broadcast in a way. I like the Blair Witch in a way just for its social commentary and its social uh, film world, uh, how it exists in this world today and how it affected people and how it can affect people just by telling the right story, which is why I'm also interested in stuff like War of the Worlds, the radio broadcast mm-hmm. and things like that. I just find it fascinating that our minds can take us to a place that we can believe in something for just a little bit of time. And I think that's kind of fascinating. So um, I'd say if you wanted something more from like Skinnamarink and the Outwaters, this is definitely going to give you a lot more narrative structure. Uh, If you're into crime docs and like unknown, like aliens and weird shit all over the place, you know, this, this will definitely be up your alley. I don't know. I think it's pretty, pretty cool little uh, film piece. It's an experience, and I think that it it's the first cut, or the first watch, rather, of this film is a deeper one. So, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah, that's what I think Makes about sense. it. Makes sense. See what I mean? Like, I'm being, like, I, I respect it in, for so many different things, mm-hmm. even though that I can't, like, give it, like, a rewatchability tag. You know what I mean? Like. Right. 
You know, it's like well, some movies I will a, score high, but I don't watch them that often. And it was a rewatch for us. So. Yeah, that's true. I'm glad I own it. Yeah. Just like I'm glad I own the last broadcast and the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. These are all movies that I'm glad to have as like a historical. That can be buried with you when you pass away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sure it'll have DVD rot or some shit, you know. So it will rot with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, did you have anything else to add to it? You said five out of ten. Well, I gave it a six out of, out of ten. ten. So five point seven five out of ten. Yeah. For both of us. But I still encourage you to check it out. I think your level of interest may rely solely on your first time experience with it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will strike you better the second time. So check it out again if it's been a while. You know, maybe maybe it's just something that you just need to get in the mood for and just kind of psych yourself up for. You know, just to kind of pretend. You know, kind of like how ghost stories are. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get yourself in the in the spirit. Right. And go for a ride a little bit, you know. But I don't know. That's probably my idyllic nature of, of, of film and stuff like that. And these like sort of experiences that I like so much um, that a lot of people aren't really as fond of, you know. Mm-hmm. So there really isn't that much trivia on it, though. But if you do want to check it out, I think it's up on Tubi and it's also on YouTube for you to watch in its entirety. I would highly recommend you at least check it out to see if it's something for you. Uh, you may you might find an unsung hero here that you might like. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear what you guys think about that. Let me know in the comment section down below. Would love to hear it. But if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So I uh, did a little digging and I found an article that that kind of wrote about this movie. Mm-hmm. It was in a like a like a news article, sort of like a thing called the Carolinian. Oh, the Carolines. No, I don't know what it is, but it, it just kind of was like a, a like a little writing piece about the movie and kind of talking about it. Nothing, nothing that I didn't already know. A little couple of things like David, who one of the guys who did this movie, explained that the initial conception of the film that, you know, they started talking about thrillers that they liked, like movies like Paradise Lost. Uh, there was a, a straight documentary that was classified as a thriller was something that they came up with and they were just sort of kicking around ideas and Phil sort of talked about the idea of doing a found footage, but with photography instead of a regular grainy video, which he we felt like had been done a little bit. And then we tied it to the local landscape and immigration angle and that's how it all started. Oh. So, which I think, I think, the immigration angle is really what just anchors this movie in reality a little bit. Yeah, but it, it makes, makes it more interesting. Of course, <laughs> it's going to make you mad because Ugh. because everything. And then they throw out the goddamn evidence of the photography. Right. And there's no way he could have faked that. Right. Obviously, there was Which, more yeah. than one person there. I guess shit like that happens too in real life. Which I sucks. yeah. I mean, See, it, was, it just makes me mad. It's kind of harping on that whole, like, yeah, this is too much for the public to understand. We'll just throw that out. Oh, it's unexplainable. So, you know, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I'd buy that, but (laughs) the way that the sheriff was kind of, I I do buy him throwing that out. Well, no, he, the the way I thought they made it perceive the sheriff threw it, threw it out because it was good evidence. Right. Because he's a fucking hammy, uh 
you know, can't be wrong kind of guy. No, I got to get my job done. So I'm going to take shortcuts. Right. Well, and that guy also said multiple times in the beginning of the movie, he's like Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Oh, yeah, totally. Which, by the way, if you know oh, who God. he is, he's like, for it's us oh, out here, God. he is like the bane of of our existence. Of my existence. But for a lot of people, apparently, they thought he was pretty cool because of how well he sucked on Trump's dick. But I don't understand it. I, I don't think it was that good. I've seen better fellatio. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, um, just it's a joke, Christina. We're just having fun. We're doing a podcast. Let's, let's just have a laugh. <laughs> the look on her face. Jesus, I don't care. Anyway, I was just joking. He is like a, a mirror image of of Joe Arpaio, and it's obvious that they knew about him when they made this movie. Well, yeah, because he's he was our sheriff since like ninety right. something, the Sh- early nineties. Sheriff Joe Arpaio was a. Uh, very shady sheriff in town here. Oh, you want to want me to well, spill some tea? <laughs> let me tell you what I what I was gonna say first. But for one, uh, we have a thing out here. Like if if you ever got pulled over for a DUI or something like that, which you know nobody should be driving drunk. I highly, fully, one hundred percent think that. But these people will literally like wait outside of bars to try to like you know track people down they what do they call that there's a points the search points oh they do search points but yeah but 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 when what is it called when you're like waiting outside of a bar anyway um you know you would go to a place called tent city that he created he would also make all of the inmates wear um pink underwear pink underwear pink handcuffs they would wear the the black and white you know chain gang fucking outfits that they used to wear back in like the day man made 8 million to 10 million to i don't know it was it got more and more every year but he was making like 10 million dollars off the commissary mm-hmm. the money that you would basically spend in the snack machines to feed yourself in these in this place he put his own business inside of a government business to make profit off of the government tax dollars motherfucker bought houses with the government's money for himself and still got away with it well sort of right he got caught his son what was it his son he's a meth head well we i don't know i don't know what the facts are on that necessarily but i know he got pulled over and he rolled him under the bus right Multiple times, actually. For some sort of drug. And we're not talking like a little drug deal. We're talking about like a fucking suitcase full of money drug deal. Like from what I've heard, like the son like had a whole ring thing going on. And some of it was in Casa Grande. And I I know Joe got him out of some stuff. But But anyway. The good side of Joe is he sure did love animals. So... (laughs) That was what he would always tell people. To, so they'd be like, well, oh, that, that makes that doesn't make sense. If he loves animals, why would he do this to people? I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I just to give you a little history. So this is the type of, you know, yeah, he, sheriff in the movie. Sheriff didn't like, you know, illegal immigrants. Right. Sheriff he made Joe it very not like. No. Ugh. Yeah, he would. He would like, OK, guys, when I went to 10 City because I got a DUI once, I know I'm not proud of it. No one's perfect. No, I it was stupid, too, because I got pulled over because some other guy was driving literally all over the side of the road and they pulled me over instead. I don't know why. I just barely blew over the limit, you know, and uh, they threw the book at me, which was great. Uh, I had to go to 10 City for like 10 days with pneumonia. Uh, they wouldn't give me any medication while I had pneumonia, by the way. In the middle of the cold. Okay, Arizona gets cold, by the way, guys. 
I didn't even have a blanket the first day I went in. Okay. And I had work furlough. So I would get off of work. I would go to get up in the morning at eight o'clock and then go to work in my car. I'd I'd have to, I'd have to get a ride to my car in the morning or take a bus and then go to work. And then they fired me while, while I was at work because I had to go to this thing. And I was like, well, fuck you. You know, like, you know, you're just making my wor- life worse. But at least I got to sit at home and do nothing for 10 hours. Then I had to be back at eight o'clock. They would feed us food that was like straight out of fucking. It was there was a smell. And and the word on in the courtyard was that they would burn dogs in this place where they would kill and put down animals. And there was this disgusting smell that you couldn't get out of your clothes. You couldn't if you smelled it, it would trigger you. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just like a very specific smell that if I were to smell again, it would trigger all kinds of emotions for me. PTSD. It's like the the food that they served tasted like that air smelled. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The chicken was disgusting. Everything was rotting. The bologna had spots on it, like Ew. like like How? rotting spots. Ow. And that was the best thing you could eat. So on the weekend, I would save mine. I would ask everybody for their bologna and cheese sandwiches because that was the best, at most edible thing that you could eat. Uh, and I would save it for my dinner that night. My God. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, yeah, this, it, he was not a nice guy. <laughs> and this guy in this movie is very much just like him. But I figured I'd share this story just because, you know, there's not a lot of trivia on this movie. There are some things in the movie that we can share with you that we really did like. And I thought the attention to detail, like with the sheriff is pretty cool. I know because it kind of makes me angry a little bit because mm-hmm. of how he talks and how like, you know, he's just so egotistical. And then there's like this other guy who is like getting he got like a roll of film sent to him. And he was like, here, I found this in my truck when I when I picked up Salazar and I didn't realize it. Wasn't he a retired Border Patrol agent? The guy that found that picked him up on the side of the road, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was the legitimacy, uh, is that they, why would a Border Patrol guy be on Salazar's side? So they used that angle in this movie as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And he was, he was 100% believe of him, mm-hmm. of it. But he gave that film to a journalist, and that journalist got sued mm-hmm. or scared he, he, to be sued. Mm-hmm. But he wrote a book. And he didn't include the photos in it. Yeah. After Salazar gets fucking uh, injected. Lethal injected. Yeah. But yeah, because he got he got killed pretty quick for usually when you're on death row, it, it takes like 15 years. So. so they never say the word zombie in the movie either. Well, they didn't know what it was. They right. But I kind of like, I kind of feel like they're almost like demons. Right. I thought it was like vampires or something. I was thinking like demons, like the, yeah. like the movie demons. Oh. One and two. Oh. Because it, the look in their eyes was just a little bit more than something like zombie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. So definitely vampires or something supernatural. And, but the, the you would think it was zombies because the actual people who were dying were rising up and attacking. The people they kill get up and kill, and those people get up and kill. You feel good now? It, you know what that's from, right? Uh, Dawn is dead, you got dummy. It. Oh, look at you. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. It just makes it's me happy. It's an old-ass movie. Right, but I still am pr- I'm appreciative that you know what it is, okay? That's, that's, that's precious. Okay. Not everybody does, okay? I wasn't expecting you to know that, considering you don't even like the original movie. I do not, but I like the remake a lot. Yeah. And I'm glad we have it on 4K. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
Yes, thank you, Ryan. We just watched that recently. Yes. The new one. But I need so to rewatch fun. the old one again because I just love it. I think about it all the time. Well, you can do that on your own. Thank you very much. Okay. God bless America. Save Joe Arpaio. <laughs> Save Joe. <laughs> With a kick in the head. Um, what else do we got? Um, there was uh, the the there was a couple of things that they talk about as he's kind of like making his way through town. They they do a really good job of expressing like each of the photographs. There was what like the timeline. Of there the was thirty one photographs, and of these thirty one photographs, there was like fifteen that document all this crazy shit. Uh, most of them are just regular photos and up it, until the point you see like fucking these zombies or whatever the fuck they are, demons, whatever, vampires coming over the hill. And that's when he makes is, his way which, into town, which was at his house. His house overlooks like a hill. And that kid, the 17 year old kid named Frank came over and died at his house because mm-hmm. he got attacked by one of them or something. And then he like met up with another guy. He got up, actually, and he had to kill him. Remember? Yeah, he had to kill him. And there was pictures of that. And then he met up with, they said, like, the one white guy. And, uh, <laughs> and he said he was only with him because he had a gun and a truck. Right. Well, so. he believed him really quick when he saw all the fucking creatures. Yeah, coming over the hill. Right. They thought he was up to no good, of course. And then uh, he was quickly dispatched. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the stories that they told, one the ones that stick out to me is the one about the little girl, which was the one of the last ones. The church family. And then the church family that killed themselves. Yeah. Where the, the Putnam family... Yeah, uh, the priest. Right. Fucking priest again. Somehow the little girl escaped, but he thought he had killed all of them. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. But, I mean, it's still a cool story. There was also, like, the people that jumped off the water tower. Yeah. That I thought was really cool. And they were like, well, he wasn't even anywhere near there. There was no evidence that he even went anywhere near there. Right. And these people were just throwing themselves off the fucking water tower. Now, you tell me why you would throw yourselves off a water tower based on one guy in a town. Yeah. And 57 people died. Yeah. And they they blamed it all on him because he survived. Well, they called it the third largest massacre massacre in America, which, by the way... Would probably be like the fifth or sixth now. Oh, yeah. Considering everything that's that's passed since 2015, mm-hmm. isn't it? I don't even know how many, how many, how many, how many people lost lives at the the Vegas thing. I don't remember. That was in what 2017 or something? 2016? I think it was like 15 people. Was it? There was like 500 people injured. I know that. It was something crazy. A lot of people injured. Anyway, I anyway. don't know. It, you know what I'm saying though? It's just like. There's been so many fucking crazy things that have happened. This is almost like nothing. It's like a nothing burger, right. <laughs> you know, in story wise. Like every day. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just love those little stories. Like, the, you know, the Mr. Put- or the Putnam's were like a religious family, they weren't pastors necessarily, but they were trying to build a church and they wanted to make this town of San Sangre de Cristo uh, be a, a God fearing uh place which is where salazar was trying to make it to the whole time that exactly what we need in america another god-fearing place (laughs) and salazar was of course going there the whole time that was where he was headed and then shit just went wrong there and he found all the bodies and everything like that and there was a recording and you can hear putnam talking about how he is going to be the one that destroys his family's lives and not these un- these unclean spirits or whatever the fuck he was saying. This doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. But then somehow one of the daughters of the Putnam survives and he is stuck on a other side of the fence and these creatures, there's like this photography of these creatures behind her and she's like screaming. She has her hand out. That was the last photo. Yeah, that was the last photo. That was the photo. last photo. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I don't know. 
They said that the way that they did the, the photography in this is that they actually shot it on video to get it to look swirly and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And then made them into stills. Yeah. So that they could make it look like a photography, you know, within black and white. They could have done that with a camera. Oh, of course. But, I mean, they, they, they really pretty much just recorded video the whole time. Right. And then just tried to pick oh, out. Oh, and, okay. And then picked out the. The ones that they thought looked the best. That makes sense. Because I'm sure it's probably harder to take a perfect picture than it is to get a thousand perfect pictures at one time and then distort it and change it and angle it and, Mm -hmm. you know, make it look the way that they did. They didn't really talk about how they doctored it up or anything, but it did look like some of the pictures. Yeah, were photoshopped. Like they put more facial details in the darkness and like glowing eyes and. That's why I say, like, it feels like demons to me, and that's what I'm going to go with because I love demons infinitely more. Not because I necessarily believe in them. I just think they're just cooler than Mm -hmm. zombies. Yeah. Because they're not stupid necessarily. Yeah, exactly. They know what the fuck they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that's why I love demons so much because it's just like, it's like zombies, but, like, they're out to get you. Like, they're murderers, you know? Like, not just stupid, oh, I heard a noise over here. Mm-hmm. Let's go over here, Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, their name is Ethan and Damien. <laughs> Anything you want to add to this one? Uh, do you like how it wrapped it up? Uh, you know. Yeah, he died. And then you know, the they, book thing. Yeah, that's that's when the. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. I think it's a fun little film to watch and check out and think about. I would love to see like a real movie. Like that one Yeah, day. I would like to see a real movie like, like that. I almost feel like they could sell the rights and turn that into a movie, mm-hmm. and it would be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I really would love, man, if I could get their blessing, you know, like, or whoever did it to turn it into demons, mm-hmm. you know, like, or skinwalkers or something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Have it have it be located in, like, Sierra Vista, <laughs> you know? Well, some border that's, town, right? That's not, like, that small of a town, but there's a lot of little tiny towns right there. I don't they know. They could totally pull it off realistically. You can't even use real names because you did the, the, a lot of the cities won't sign off on stuff like that because they don't want the tourism and they don't want the to be sued. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Makes sense. But, I'd want I'd want it to I'd want tourism. Do you, you like, know what I mean? So I got to ask you now. Like you said you liked horror in the high desert, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. Do you which I one do you think it. you would like more out of these two? Oh, out of the three? Story-wise, yeah. Story-wise. Story-wise, Savage Land. I think so, If too. it was more, yeah. Yeah, Horror in the... <coughs> Didn't really say what the thing was going on. Yeah, Horror in the High Desert was... Uh, it, it was kind of typical. Like, like shit like that has happened before, yeah. so... It leaned heavier on not knowing what's going on. Yeah, yeah. More than some this. Guy, some guy got lost, and they found his footage. That was Horror in the High Desert. Right. Anyway, well, guys, that's pretty much all we had to say about these movies. Hopefully we gave it some extra stuff to talk about and some fun things to make fun of. And just, uh, you know, we filled it with some of our stupid banter. But, you know, hopefully you enjoyed that. If you have, I would love to hear what you guys think about each of these movies. And if you've seen them before, um, you know, 
what you thought of them and do you agree that this is one of those things that kind of loses its flair over time like do found footage in general lose their flair over time and their believability in general and they're kind of like a time capsule fucking thing or do you think that they're just bad in general i mean obviously everybody's going to be a critic you know they're going to have their own opinions on these kind of things but uh, I would love to hear them regardless. Let us know in any of the comment sections or anywhere or write us personally. We always appreciate that. Come back for Scream. Yes. Don't forget next week we got Scream 1 and 2 next week that we are going to dive into and uh, try to do some of the trivia on it. So there's going to be a a lot oh, shit, to wade through, especially on the first movie, for Christ's sake. Um, but we'll do our best, you know, to try to cover some of the stuff that we find interesting in there. We're clearly not going to be able to cover everything. Otherwise, it would be like a seven-hour fucking podcast. And I'm sorry. Not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing that. But we are going to give our opinions on that. And I uh, hope you guys will be here for next week. And as always, long live the voice.